John 20, verses 1 through 19 from the Common English Bible. Early in the morning of the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. She ran to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord from the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Peter and the other disciple left to go to the tomb. They were running together, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and was the first to arrive at the tomb. Bending down to take a look, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he didn't go in. Following him, Simon Peter entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. He also saw the face cloth that had been on Jesus' head. It wasn't with the other cloths, but was folded up in its own place. The other disciple, the one who arrived at the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They didn't yet understand the scripture that Jesus must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. Mary stood outside near the tomb, crying as she bent down to look into the tomb. She saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. The angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Don't hold on to me, for I haven't yet gone up to my father. Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them, I'm going up to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene left and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. Then she told them what he said to her. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors, because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Happy Easter. We're, I'm actually here at Ella Bailey Park in Seattle and it's not one of the closed parks, so don't worry, we're not breaking the law or anything, but just wanted to come out here at sunrise on Easter morning and be here at the moment that Mary actually went to the tomb. Mary went while it was still dark, and she went to the tomb, and it's been a Christian tradition for thousands, a couple thousand years now to get up at sunrise and stand at sunrise and, and to say he is risen to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, because that's the time that Mary went to the tomb while it was still dark. And I thought about why she can't, got up so early that day. I mean, I don't know how you slept last night, but were you up all night? Did something keep you up in the middle of the night? What was keeping Mary up as she was up at night? And what got her up so early in the morning that day to want to go to the tomb? I think part of it might have been because things hadn't been finished. They were tasks to be done. And maybe she was up in the middle of the night thinking about things that still needed to be done to prepare for his burial. And that's maybe why she got up so early. I don't know, what keeps you up at night? What, what worries you or is it anxiety or worry or tasks left undone? Maybe take a moment right now and chat that, throw that in the chat bar this morning and just tell us what is it that keeps you up at night? I know for me, what keeps me up at night is uh, 
second guessing. I'm always second guessing a sermon I'm about to preach or the sermon I just did preach or an email that I got or email that I wrote or second guessing, rethinking, going back over things that happened during the day. That's something that keeps me up. What keeps you up? I'm thinking also what brought Mary, what kept Mary up that night was grief, right? She had lost her leader. She had lost her teacher. She had lost the one that loved her. She had lost a friend, uh, someone who she had been following now for at least two, three years. She spent all her time with Jesus and she was feeling the loss. I think about right now, we might be feeling loss as well this Easter, lost job. Maybe you've lost relationship, lost being together, lost routine. I think about graduations that aren't going to happen for college students or high school students, proms that aren't going to happen, weddings that may not happen, funerals that can't happen. We're in a time where we're also grieving the loss of relationship and the loss of being together. And so she brought her grief with her to the emptiness of this tomb. The other thing she brought was fear. She actually might have been afraid because you see, Mary had been freed from a host of demons. Jesus had healed her and freed her from captivity to her demons. And those demons had fled. And now with Jesus gone, the one who had saved her, the one who had freed her, maybe she was afraid they were coming back. If you've ever had a cancer diagnosis that you've recovered from, you know what that fear is like to wonder if it's ever going to come back. Or if you've ever overcome an addiction in your life, you know what if that fear is like to wonder if, that's, if they're ever going to come back, if that's going to come back to you. And so maybe she was afraid. But one of the things that's beautiful about this morning and beautiful about coming up so early, they kept her up all night. She could just wanted to be close to Jesus. She just wanted to be there. She just wanted to bring her grief and her fears to the one who knew, she knew loved her deeply. I hope that you can bring those things to Jesus this morning as well, this Easter morning, as you gather uh, around your computers or around your TV screens, wherever you're at. Because there's some things that when we bring ourselves, our true selves to the tomb, to the emptiness of the tomb, God does some things. And God's doing some things in this resurrection story this morning. And one of the things that God is doing for Mary and Peter and the other disciple is that uh, God's helping them overcome fear and faith and, and doubt, right? They're, they're learning what it means to have faith over doubt, to have belief, even though they can't make sense of things. And I think about that, you know, Peter runs to the tomb and he actually gets outrun because it was a foot race to the tomb and he gets there and he sees, but he's not sure. The other disciple believes, but Peter's not yet sure. He doesn't know what to make of this emptiness of the tomb. Mary doesn't know what's happened to the body. She assumes that somebody's taken it. So there's this unbelief. They're, they're in their rational minds. They're trying to figure out what's happened. And I think a lot about that too. Faith is, is not having 100% proof. Faith is, is not being able to prove everything. Faith is having some doubt. Faith is having some fear, but still having faith and open to the possibility that it could be true. And that's exactly where Peter is. And Mary are be, beginning to be at that place of where, hey, this could this could something be happening here that we don't understand or don't know and are we open to the possibility my uh, cousin is in texas and she's a district attorney and she has to weigh evidence you know they bring her a case now she never saw what happened she wasn't there but she has to look at the evidence 
and she has to determine based on the evidence whether to take it to trial, whether there's enough evidence to actually make a case and to, to form, uh, to go to trial before a judge or a jury. But even after she gathers the evidence, then it has to go before a judge or possibly before a jury and they have to look at the evidence too and they have to render a verdict and they have to say, yeah, this did happen or no, this didn't happen. And I think about that, you know, a lot of times in our, in our intellectual cells, in our minds, we're trying to figure out the facts, right? We're trying to figure out the circumstances. And at some point we have to decide, you know, did this happen? Did it happen or did it not happen? <laughs> and I think Eve chose us have to make that decision too, that, <clears throat> that this is a matter of faith, that we make a decision that this is the verdict that we've rendered in our hearts and our spirits and our minds that the resurrection happened. And so we claim today that he is risen, that this is a resurrection that occurred. <clears throat> but for me and for you, it's, it's faith. But for Mary, because she lingered at the tomb, because she brought herself, her, her own grief, her own fears to the tomb that morning, you know, I am actually, she gets to not just have faith. She actually gets to have the fact of the resurrection. You know, I wonder about as Jesus, as Mary came and Jesus had taught her and taught others, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. He also said, blessed are those who, who are of pure heart for they will see God. I think about the mourning that Mary came that with and the purity of heart that she came with that morning and she got to see God. She got to be the first one to see the resurrected Christ. And because she lingered at the tomb after the disciples left, because she stayed there and grieved, Jesus appeared to her. Jesus said, Mary, and she recognized that voice and she saw the resurrected Christ. She was the first one, the first eyewitness to the resurrection before all the other disciples. And I think it's because she was mourning. I think it was because she was the one who brought her true, pure self to the tomb that morning, to God that morning, to see what God was doing and what God was about to do through the resurrection. The other thing that's going on that the disciples also are experiencing, and we're experiencing this morning as the sun's starting to rise this morning, is that what we're experiencing is light over darkness. Think about that morning when they gathered, the light of God was shining into an empty tomb, revealing its emptiness. Peter ran in and saw the empty tomb, and he also found the grave clothes just kind of wrapped up and laid there on the preparation table there in the tomb. And he noticed that that was odd. You know, something was off. It wasn't like the, the body was stolen because the grave clothes were still there. The thieves would have just taken the body and ran off with the, everything, including the grave clothes. But no, Mary and uh, Peter are there seeing the emptiness of the tomb because light is revealing what was in the darkness. Light is revealing the emptiness of the tomb to them, and they can see. And this whole theme of light and darkness is actually all through the Gospel of John uh, this morning as we heard the text. And all through the Gospel, if we were to read it, we'd see that in the light, there's light over darkness constantly through the whole Gospel. And I think about that too, that God wants to shed light into us, that part of resurrection is allowing the light to come in to our darkness. And I think about that too, like, have we ever hidden away? Have we ever entombed ourselves from the light of God, from the light of what God wants to do in our lives? Maybe we've closed ourselves off and that stone is that metaphorical stone that hides us as well from what God wants to do in our life. Maybe you're hiding 
today. Maybe there's a stone that you, a metaphorical stone that's in the way of what God wants to do in your life so that you too can experience the presence of God, that you can experience that. You know, Howard uh, Thurman once said that he talked about darkness and he described darkness this way. He said, darkness is if we, he says, if we nurture within our hearts hate, fear, and self-centeredness, we shall spend our days stumbling in the darkness. I think about that. You know, he describes it as hate, fear, self-centeredness. Whereas Jesus came, and he, when he came, he came to offer love over hate, faith over fear, others and caring for others, compassion over self-centeredness. And that's what it means to live in the light rather than in the darkness. Now, I think about these things, about light over darkness, about faith over doubt. And I also think about Mary and her proclamation at the end of the whole story. What she says is, I've seen the Lord. See, for her, the light and this and what has happened has actually helped her to not have faith, but to, this is a fact for her, right? It recalls actually another verse that we looked at in this series of the Resurrected Life, the Lazarus Project, that we've been in this whole season. And one of the things that we learned a few weeks ago was what Peter said in 1 Peter 1.8. He said, although you've never seen him, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you trust him. And so rejoice with a glorious joy that is too much for words. Think about that. Peter's writing to people who've never seen the resurrected Jesus. Mary has, Peter has, the disciples had, all these eyewitnesses have, but you and I, we've never seen the resurrected Christ. It doesn't mean, though, that we don't love him. It doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. It doesn't mean that you and I can't actually experience the resurrected Christ, the presence of the resurrected Christ in our lives today, helping us to have faith over doubt, helping the light of God to come into our lives, light over darkness in us. And so that's our hope and our prayer for you this Easter. And I know you're at home gathered with families this morning and friends, uh, hopefully the appropriate friends or family that your roommates or uh, family that you've been quarantined with. But I also want to think about some questions. I wanted to offer you some questions to discuss or maybe if you're on your own and just to journal about, reflect on this morning, uh, to kind of help you think through this Easter message and this Easter story. And what, so here are some questions, and hopefully we'll throw them up on the screen uh, during the worship as well. But first question is this, where are you seeing or experiencing the resurrection today? What's your Easter like today? Number two, what would happen if God's light were shown into your heart and mind what would it reveal there? What would, what would God see? And what would that authentically look like to be your true self and all the good and the bad, the light and the dark, just to bring it to God, to be your true self before God? And then number three, what step could you take to walk in faith and light today? What would that look like for you? You know, one of the reasons I gathered here today is that I wanted to be here as the sun came up on Easter Sunday because that's the tradition of Christians for a couple thousand years. But the other thing is I wanted to be able to see the city uh, in the background and see Mount Rainier. I don't know if you can see it in the shot this morning, but Mount Rainier is over here off to my left, off to my left shoulder. 
probably not your lift there. But I was thinking about this scene and I was thinking about our city. And one of the things I wanted to do here this morning was pray for our city and just pray that, that the people of our city, the people of Seattle would have faith and hope and love over doubt and darkness and fear and grief. And so that's my prayer for our city this morning. But I also want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray that you would experience the risen Christ, that you would experience God's light in your life, that you would experience a new sense of faith. And if you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to offer you that opportunity this morning. I want you to have an opportunity that right where you're at to pray with me and to put your faith in Jesus Christ this morning. And if you do that, we'd love to know about that. Contact me and use one of our connect forms and let us know that. But I just wanted us to pray this morning, this Easter morning, on this day of resurrection, to pray for our city. And I want to pray for each of us this morning. So let's pray together. God, thank you that you love our city, that you love the people of our city, and you know everything that's going on. You know the grief that everyone is experiencing. You know the doubts that people have, the concerns, the anxieties. You know everything going on in every single heart of every single person in our city, and you love every person. And so, Lord, we pray, God, that your light would break into the hearts and minds of every person in our city today. This Easter day, we know that you can resurrect us. And Lord, I pray also for the individual, that person on the other side of this camera, on the other side of this screen right now, who wants to put their faith in you, who wants to choose faith over doubt, who wants to choose your light over darkness. I pray that your Holy Spirit would work in their lives today, that you would begin by, to send your Holy Spirit into their mind and into their heart to renew them, to strengthen them, to give them that peace, to give them that comfort. For you say, blessed are those who mourn and they will be comforted. And, and those that right now are bringing them true, their true selves to you because blessed are those who are, are pure of heart for they will see God. I pray that each of us would experience the resurrected Christ in our hearts and our minds today. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. He is risen, he is risen indeed. Happy Easter.